This is the story of the New World Sonata, told one verse at a time. Kiyotso, Institution. One of the eight ministries of Terrasol, also known as the Ministry of Education. Responsible for the schooling and training of youth as well as the curriculum and administration of all Terrace Academia, seated in the Star Isle of Maya and Tilla sector. See also, list of Terrace Academies, the eight ministries, the Council of Nine, Terrasol, the Chorus. Chapter 4, Mandrakes. Ranger's Log, Entry 1. Michiyobi, Taishiten 13th, 4017 CAE. This is Faye Persephone, Field Ranger of the Shinzen Suo Fauna Division, Series 0025, Classification GS-11. Currently stationed in Boreic Forest in Dara Sector on Research Inquiry. Starting now, I'm recording under Private Codex my first-hand account of events transpired during active service. I believe that Azel Daria, former student of the Branch Academy and member of the Eighth Willow, is alive and most likely somewhere outside of Terrasol. Azel was... is... a close friend. She was more than a friend. She was... my partner. Azel disappeared from Halcyon, Peruth, on Bonten, 22nd, 40-12. She was pronounced deceased by the Ministry of Education. She was suffering from root disorder, and it had driven her to suicide, they explained. I was there for everything. Everything except the end. The news came unequivocally from the school board, doctors, and all the Antilla sector officials staffed on the missing persons case. Everyone I knew, everyone Azel knew, her parents, relatives, Caleb and Leland, classmates, we were all told the same. Then, two days ago, I felt Azel's cantra. Caleb called me to Halcyon to show me something. He found a scarf, Azel's scarf, the red one, the one she would wear during solstice season. At first, I couldn't believe it, but... Caleb had me hold the scarf, and there it was. It was laced with Azel's vision, an autoscopy, a live feed. It was unmistakable. I'm sure of it. I'm sure it was her. The pieces just don't make sense. That scarf shouldn't even exist. Caleb said he found that thing at a market, the Belden Bazaar, as if it's some souvenir or antique being traded around to end up as part of someone's next banquet outfit. How can that be? Before Azel's funeral, I went through all her stuff, all of it, with her parents. All her clothes, everything in her room, everything she owned. We put everything in the pyre. We burned it all. I don't remember missing a single thing. But when I saw it, there was no doubt. No doubt. Forget the vision. Forget that it's not supposed to exist. The damn thing, seeing it, feeling it. It was like getting punched in the face. Stitching little parts where the yarn balled up, 
folds where Azel would loop it and wrap it around me. <laughs> Damn it. Why? Why now? Come on, I'm over this. I'm over all this. All I have... All I have is that vision. It was all so fast. There was so much around me, around her. Cramped spires, busy streets and causeways, foggy alleys, mishmashes of neon. She was running past it all. Running, but not in a straight line. She was zigzagging across lanes, ducking under passages, pushing through narrow corners, just just rushing past crowds of people. It was like she was being chased. No, she felt focused, centered. It was the opposite. It was her. She was the one chasing. She was chasing someone. Azel, where are you? What are you doing? Why did you leave? What did they do to you? If you're out there, if you're listening, give me a sign. Something, anything. Your friends are searching for you. Caleb, Leland, we're all looking. For sin's sake, what am I doing? Latika, Halcyon, here. Not to mention the kids at camp. Totally dropped the ball on that one. There's just... Where do I even start? How do I fix this? Why did I just... Leave? I should be... I should have stayed back. I should be with Caleb, making sure he's okay. I promised her that I would. Damn it, Faye, get yourself together. You're better than this. It's been five years. Five years, and you're still letting... Stop it. Focus. Get your shit together. Finish what you came here to do. Right. I have two hours left before the storm rolls through. One more circuit of the forest, and I should be good to go. Then I'll get the route transfer back to Antilla again, and from there it won't be long for me to get down to Latica. I can make this happen. I can. Leland's kidding himself if he thinks I won't be right behind him. Although if Camille is anything like her reputation suggests, Leland's going to be walking into a demanding situation. I hope he does the right thing. And I hope Caleb listens and stays put. I have to get to Maury Woods first. All right, let's see. I should start getting ready. Where did I put that relief map? I need to find a good spot to watch the next encounter. I still have a whole lot of dissertation to complete. I suppose now's as good a time as any if I ever want to get any of my work through the Fauna Magistrate Board. Hmm. Where is it? Leland has a point sometimes. The rest of the strata have everything coded in Io, and we're still writing in scrolls and tomes. Too in love with our own pastoral ways. Oh, where is it? My stars, there must be a thousand... Ugh, I'm such a mess. Ah, okay, here it is. Hmm. The barometer is confirming my read. High pressure rolling in. Might be less than two hours for the storm to clear at this rate, which means the Hollyhock tribe will be on the move. 
positive those colonies are going to take advantage of the dew and get across the basin before the squills resurface. I can be in the right position when the two tribes meet. I'm sure I'll catch them in their stem state. I was pretty surprised when I first came to Indara. The Boreic lab already had, well, quite a lot completed on the native mandrake population. The colonies here have so much more social complexity than what I'm used to seeing in other conservatories. More intricate social structures in colonies means higher likelihood of finding root disorders. If I sample enough instances, maybe, maybe I'll get a read on what the triggers are. And I'll finally know, I'll know what happened back then. Clouds are shifting, looking like an hour 30. Bag is packed. Microchannel goggles, check. Spectrophotometer, check. Oh, can't forget my glasses. Gotta feed Toga before we take off. Hey, ethereal jury, or future me, or future whoever is supposed to be listening for proof that I'm not a delusional psycho, remember to note this. I'm a pretty damn fantastic ranger. (sighs) Just have to wait now. Suppose I should take the chance to explain a bit. People always ask me why I'm so interested in mandrakes. They're so ugly, they say. Ugh, the noises they make, gross. Why are you studying some overgrown ants? Eye of the beholder, I guess. (laughs) Okay, yeah, mandrakes aren't exactly easy on the eyes. But most people don't even know that, other than us espers, mandrakes are the only animal species that directly absorbs ether from the Empyrean. We can photosynthesize thanks to Arcantra, and mandrakes do it through, well, kind of like being plants. Here's a bit of trivia. The name mandrake has an interesting story behind its taxonomy. The species was originally classified under animalia, but the scientists of old basically said, wait, that doesn't make sense. They have roots and branches and leaves. So they went and tried to put them in the plant kingdom. But then another group of scientists said, equally observant, we can't do that either. They move and eat and breathe. So, in a brilliant stroke of making life harder for all future generations of biologists, a whole new classification just for the mandrakes was made. They called it Feria. Usually when I tell colleagues that, I get, Hey, Faye, that sounds like your name. That's why you like those things, yeah? No. Little known fact, my name comes from a very long Latian tradition. Mom and Dad were always very particular in making sure I remember that. But try explaining to someone that that's just a coincidence and your name means something different and you're not that vain while sounding totally vain in the process. Never works. Anyway, I digress. Complicated categorization isn't exactly what drew me to studying these creatures. I mean, studying nature, being around it, that much has always felt, well, natural. But I can still remember that first time I saw a mandrake. I was 11. I had just moved to Halcyon. My cantra had surfaced a year earlier, and the census had plucked me out of Giaburo, my little Ladian street, squished in between those never-ending stacks into this new world. I remember crying and crying at the terminal when it hit me that Mom and Dad weren't coming to Terrasol with me. I remember... Well, honestly, I barely remember much at all about what happened back then. I was just so young. All I really remember was that it was an important time. The kind of important where you can point back, even if you don't recall the details, you point back and you say, really, that's a moment that ended up defining me. Something so big, like leaving the stratum you were born into, 
something like that just has to stay with you. But I was so little, all that's left are snippets. Even so, it feels so vivid, so pivotal. Pilgrims, anyone who's ever been on a place, no matter if you go up or down or sideways, you know what I mean. No matter how vague the memory, it's something you don't forget. The memories I have from then aren't really my own. I think it's more of what they told me when I used to go back to visit. Mom, dad, relatives, folks from my old neighborhood, all always eager to reminisce stories of old days and get in a sentimental laugh. Strange how that works. How other people's memories can become your own if they just repeat them enough. There are some things I do remember as my own, though. I really remember feeling sad. Well, mostly scared. Feeling scared of being in a new place, being alone, waiting for my cantra to bloom. Feeling nervous because all the other kids already had and I didn't know why I was so late. But mostly what I remember from those days is Azel, Leland, and Caleb. The eighth willow. Meeting them, getting put together in the same quartet, being with each other all the time feeling like I belonged, even if it's just in our little group, paying no mind to anything else. Simple. We had our routine. We were pretty religious about it. We walked together to academy and back home every day. We always took Cypress Road. Caleb's place was the first turnout after passing the wind farm. Then it was Azel's. Then Leland and I would do the last stretch together to the boarding house. I remember, still remember so clearly, one of those walks back from academy. We were so little, so cute, just doing our thing, strolling down Cyprus. I was probably arguing with Leland. The sun was setting as we were walking home. The sky was that familiar auburn tint, the Empyrean halfway waxed to the moon when I saw something, struggling in the stream on the side of the road. It was squealing a whole bunch, wriggling around in an awful way. It really unsettled me. It was a mandrake. I had never seen one before that time, only heard of them. The custodians at the boarding house would always tell us to stay away. Children should not be around such vile things, they would say. I always thought they were exaggerating. I mean, adults tend to tell children to stay away from anything that isn't padded on all sides, safety-proof and practically indestructible. The boarding house Leland and I grew up in especially. For Deva's sake, these were the same folks that got heartburn when you played with the neighbor's hair dogs and told you that bad kids get snatched up by sphinxes. Oh, Halcyon, you silly little town. So uptight about everything. I got Azel to help pull the mandrake out of the water. Her camera was already great, in full bloom. Mine was only beginning to catch. I remember looking at the creature and just being surprised at what I saw. I don't know what my little child mind was expecting. This poor thing had almost drowned, so of course it was all bent and exasperated. And all I was thinking was, what is that? The little guy was drenched and just screeching, screeching so loud. Caleb jumped behind Azel and Leland, immediately wanted to shut it up somehow. Azel lowered it. It was in a lot of discomfort from her levitation. When we let it down, it stopped screaming, and it started moving a little, slowly. It moved so sad, 
Like everything was just a terrible amount of effort. I wanted to get closer to it. I don't know. It just felt like it needed help. Caleb was tugging. He was scared and he wanted to go. So Leland grabbed my arm to get a move on. And as soon as he did, the mandrake, it screeched again and started to crawl towards us. Caleb freaked out. Azel threw up a firewall. Reflexes were damn quick, even back then. And the mandrake almost tumbled completely into it. One of its branches, its arm, barely grazed the fire and got singed. And it shrieked terribly. Just this terrible, painful sound. It was so loud, it felt so awful. I couldn't believe everyone else in town didn't hear it. I yelled at Azel to stop, and she put the fire out as quickly as she started it. The mandrake started to limp away from us. I wanted to follow it, but Leland wasn't having it. Caleb's crying. That's enough, he said. Azel agreed, and that was that. We walked the rest of the way home, silent. I kept glancing back to see if the creature followed us. It didn't. I couldn't sleep that night. I just lay there, staring at the ceiling. I remember the plaster would give off this deep blue hue from the moonlight coming in from outside. It was like staring up at an ocean. It was usually calming, but not that night. Leland noticed. You're acting weird, he said in the middle of the night. I didn't answer. I could feel his annoyance. His bunk was across the room from mine. Maybe he's so obnoxious because we've already had enough of each other for a lifetime. I don't think they're evil, he went on. If you go back there, I won't tell. I heard him turn away to his side. I never went back. Well, I tried. The next day, I went up and down Cyprus by myself, looking for any trace of that sad mandrake. Nothing. I couldn't tell where the stream led to, and without my cantra at the time, I wasn't going to get very far. And when Academy found out I was skipping and loitering around the side of the road, well, that was the end of my little adventure. It wasn't until secondary school that I learned about the Mandrake tribes living in Moray Woods. I was 14. Finding your cantra wasn't a concern anymore, but various states of puberty definitely was. I was too busy following Azel around back in those days to pay attention to what the guides were telling us on that field trip. It wasn't until much later that I started to connect the dots. Oh! <laughs> hey, big boy. Right, it's time to go. Thanks for the reminder. Did you eat? Here, come on, let's go. Look at that! Clear skies! New World Sonata is written by Eugene Zoe and produced by Karsten Otto. The voice of Faye Persephone is Serena Berman. Sound design is by Ryla Kay and Luke Santi. Narration by Abby All. Visit our show notes for links to more of our voice actors and sound designers' work. Subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to spread the chorus. If you would like to support New World Sonata, you can find us on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, take care.
and may the devas watch over you.